Your attention, please. <laughs> the Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. Brad, it has been a big, uh, I feel like is an understatement. It's been an enormous week. This week was D23, so we are going to have a lot to talk about. Yes, somehow, somehow, this is going to... Are you, like, cleared for the next six hours? Because I think that's what it's going to take (laughs) to get this all done. Before we get into that, we do have some follow-up from last week's episode. Before the six hours of new stuff, let's talk about... Okay, sure. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about old stuff first. Go ahead, Jeremy. We have gotten a glimpse of the new redhead scene in Pirates of Caribbean in France because that that version of the attraction has opened already. So so has it opened to everybody? Because um, so at ED92 Live has been tweeting that it's been open for AP. I don't know if it's been open for like everybody, mm. everybody, or if it's just annual pass holder like preview now. But we can assume that if they're letting them see it, this is basically yeah. done, right? Yeah. So yeah, so the so. so the show we're going to put the link to the video that we're going to discuss in the show notes and this is essentially what the new redhead scene is. Yeah. Okay. So, now that you have seen it and um also there in the show notes there'll be a link to basically a um uh there'll be a link to a translation of of the French because I don't know about you guys, but I don't speak French. So um, in the show notes, there will be a translation of the French that they're speaking in the video. So you can kind of get a feel for for what they're saying. But Brad, how do you feel about the Pirates of the Caribbean redhead refurb now that you've seen it? Wow. So you just set this up so I could knock it down, don't you? (laughs) I am. You, you You are the... You are more of a purist than I am. But I'm a purist who spent all of, or who spent this entire discussion last episode saying that I was cool with this. I understood. Right. I went through the attraction and said, I'm kind of surprised this scene is still here. Um, And while a purist, I recognize that Pirates is not in its, you know, Johnny Depp was not in the original version of Pirates. So I'm kind of okay with some changes being made, but this change just feels lazy to me. It feels like a a Jingle Cruise level, just throw some stuff on the top of it, change a couple of words, and we'll call it a day sort of thing. And I, I don't know. I mean, like, I heard, hey, we're changing this up. We're going to keep the redhead around. We're actually going to make the redhead a pirate. And I'm like, sweet, the redhead's actually going to get to play into the scene and everything. And no, the redhead still doesn't speak. The redhead's still just standing there going back and forth. And according to the, uh, according to at Cafe Fantasia, the, uh, the dialogue translation is the auctioneer saying, I heard six, who's saying six? The pirate says six bottles of rum. Auctioneer says, keep your rum, mates. It's gold I'm after. A better bid going once, going twice. That basically sounds like exactly the same, right? Yeah. With the exception of show them your larboard side or whatever the the still extremely yeah. inappropriate or you know inappropriate fat joke was at that point. I'm I'm sorry, and but that, still still a man. Yes, yes, still a man running the yeah. Auction. The auctioneer is still the auctioneer. The person up on the 
the the the podium is still the same large lady who has always been up on the podium. All they did was they threw a bunch of jewels on her, and I I take it that we are now supposed to just understand that he is selling the jewels and not the lady. And then the pirates say, we want guns like the redhead, which I'm sure will be exactly how they'll say it in English. And then they say, yeah, like the redhead. And I'm sure they'll do something similar to that so they can keep the the redhead, the redhead sort of chant that gets going. And then the the guy who's sitting over there next to the auctioneer will shoot off his gun to shut everybody up, right? That's that's mm-hmm. the same scene. That's the same. Like, yeah. what? How does this empower the redhead somehow? Because the redhead now has a, a does she have even does she even have like a pirate patch or something? Like how do we even know she's a a pirate now? How do we know that the 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 lady up there is yeah. a I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't have an issue with them changing things. I don't have an issue with getting rid of this particular scene. Some part of me does, admittedly, but it's just the part of me that doesn't want anything to change and wants the original thing. But I can understand the reasons behind changing this, but this change just fell so short of what I expected it to be. I totally agree. I do not see how this empowers anyone. Um, It's basically the same scene, except for the fact that they are not auctioning women, but objects. Yes, they're not. They're not overtly. and, And I do. You know, that's a great thing. That's great that you're not auctioning right, women right, anymore. Right, that makes sense. But right. really, how much better did you it's, make it's it in not, the process? Yeah, it's, it's not the empowering, like, make her, instead of being I thought she was going to be the auctioneer. Make her be in charge, yeah. And I think she's wearing a hat. Okay, well, there you go. She's a pirate. I think she has okay. a pirate hat on. But, yeah, there, there, is, no, there is no change. Um, it appears none of the AAs have been moved, um, but this explains how they're going to redo they have stuff Anaheim thrown, and Orlando. Yeah, they have stuff thrown on them so that it's understood as a an, a, an auction of what it is on them rather than it being an auction for right. them themselves, right? Yeah, and this explains how they're going to be able to do Disneyland and Walt Disney World quickly. You know, they're, they're not going to have a whole lot of downtime redoing these attractions because... Ultimately, it's just an audio track change, really. Yeah, I sure, I sure hope it's not an extreme downtime for for either of these because it doesn't look like it should be. I'm I'm underwhelmed. Um, it doesn't make it worse. Like I think my my opinion from last time still is the same. It doesn't make it any worse. Uh, so I don't really care. Like whatever. I do. I do. I care because here's the thing. I gave. I I came on here and said, yeah, they've got the okay to do. You know what? I'm I'm understanding of this because I understand the reasons behind it and I trust them to do a good and I just I don't feel like that's a good job. So I do care about no, like but like again, you're just changing like, things for for whatever reason you're changing yeah. them. Do a good job when you change them and make it like if that's yeah. if the reason that you're changing it is to empower women, empower women. Don't go half-hearted on yeah. this. I'm they, it, yeah, and it seems like instead of empowering women, they're, they were... They stopped, dis, they stopped disenfranchising women or something like that? I mean... Right. 
Yeah, their their only their only thing was to not be horrible. You know, not don't treat them like objects and property and auction them off, which is great. Again, I, you know, I I, I think yeah, that's yeah, fine, I think I think we covered yeah, that. It's, pretty it's underwhelming. So <laughs> it's an underwhelming change. So for sure. our 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 smooth segue into what we're going to spend the rest of this unbelievably long. Uh, podcast is that at D uh, at D23 they did discuss this strangely not during the parks uh, panel but they discussed it during it this wasn't brought up at all during the parks panel but during an earlier panel no. this was brought up and uh, they said that uh, actually at Tom Bricker said imaginary panelists seem a bit taken aback by vocally bitter audience response to upcoming Pirates of the Caribbean changes <laughs> And by vocally bitter, they mean people started booing when they brought up that Pirates of the Caribbean was getting this change. And, and I seriously wonder if some part... Okay, so number one, D23 is a bunch of Disney super fans. Like, just weirdos. Yeah. And, and I say this as somebody who is really upset that he didn't get uh, a D23 tickets and, and make this trip. So I... I identify as one of those weirdos, but let's be honest, this is Disney weirdos, so they're not going to be super excited about things changing up anyway. But I think to some extent, it could have been because everybody's actually seen what this is going to look like now as well. Suffice to say, I think both of us are disappointed in the execution of the change, though we are not uh, upset that they made a change itself. Absolutely. So I think that covers it. it. Is there anything else that we need to follow up? Or can we finally get to this laundry list of things? And people are like, oh my gosh, they, they spent this much time just on follow up. I'm never going to stop listening <laughs> to this podcast. We may, we may run <laughs> your devices battery. You should plug in now if you're planning <laughs> on listening to everything going on from this point forward. I think, Jeremy, are we good? Can we actually move to current topics? Let's do it. Um, so basically what we're going to do, I think, is go through. I made notes as things were happening. Um, and so we should be going through things in the order that they were announced. Unless unless Brad went in behind you and and adjusted things here and there. So if anything, if anything's out of order, if you're like, that wasn't the way that it happened at D23, Brad is to blame. Jeremy did everything perfectly in order. But what are we starting with, Jeremy? The first thing on the list is Star Wars Land has a name. So it won't just be called Star Wars Land. It will be called Star Wars colon Galaxy's Edge. So what, what, do you think are, about what are we name? what are we actually calling it? Because I'm not calling it that. I'm going to call it Star Wars Land. Star Wars Land. Okay, good. Uh, we're, we're still good with that because Star Wars Land Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. And, and please understand, I am not the first person to make this joke. I saw this joke many times on Twitter and I went, Yes, that's exactly what it sounds like. Star Wars Land Galaxy's Edge sounds like sponsored by Samsung. <laughs> yeah. Because that is, that is totally the name <laughs> of Samsung's phone is the Galaxy Edge. And I, apparently Disney went, you know what? That sounds really good. So let's go with that. So could they just not pick a... I, I really didn't... At Hollywood Studios, I guess, maybe I didn't expect it to be called Star Wars Land. At Disneyland, I entirely expected it to be called Star Wars Land. But does this just yeah. mean that they couldn't pick a single planet or a single time? And so they 
They were just like, eh, smorgasbord. And what is smorgasbord in, in Star Wars? Galaxy's Edge. So anywhere along the edge, you know, wherever you think it might be. Is that is that the general takeaway from that? Well, I think that they would hesitate to confine it to be, you know, Tatooine or something. Because as, you know, as, as the canon grows and grows and grows and the main trilogy films continue to be made and these offshoot um, saga films continue to be made uh, they're gonna make new locations and and things like that and if they call it you know Tatooine and then at some point in the future they want to add uh gosh what's Maz Kanata what's her name Maz Maz in the future if they want to add Maz Kanata's cantina from The Force Awakens they wouldn't be able to do that and so I'm impressed that just so everyone knows, we didn't just pause and Jeremy just went to Google to look that up. Jeremy knew that name. So I am impressed that <laughs> Jeremy knew that name. But yes, so so basically what I, you're saying is it allows them to throw extra stuff in as time goes on. Right. And, and they're, um, so the Galaxy's Edge thing, they, I don't know if you ever watched Firefly, but that's kind of the, one of the themes of Firefly, or one of the plot points, I guess, is that you know, we used up all of Earth's resources. There was a war between the Alliance and um, and the Rebel. You know, it's not Alliance and Rebels, but basically it's the, the Alliance and the Rebels. And the Rebels lost. And so those people kind of got moved out to the edge, the edges of the, of the systems instead of being in the, you know, Alliance-occupied um, areas where obviously they wouldn't feel welcome. They, they moved out to the edges. And it makes it to me sound like, you know, this is a, a place where travelers would stop uh, and, and refuel and kind of, you know, maybe trade and stuff. So I like it. Um, I'm never going to call it that, but I think it's a good name um, for, for that area. And it will open first in Anaheim in 2019 with Walt Disney World. Was anybody really surprised by that? Because... Like looking at the construction, I totally expected Anaheim was going to be the first to get theirs open. They they seem so I had no so idea. far ahead. They seem so far ahead. They just based on construction pictures. I yeah, I've seen construction pictures from Disney World, but I have not seen many Anaheim uh, construction updates. So I think it's interesting that they're not going to open them simultaneously, um, or at least you know within a week of each other. But they didn't give a date for Walt Disney World. They just said Anaheim opens first uh, with Walt Disney World to follow. So, Well, that's okay, because it's not like we're going to be discussing any updates to Disney's Hollywood Studios during <laughs> the rest of this entire podcast. So if it takes a little while for Star Wars to be done, who's going to really care? And hey, can we throw in a quick side note? Because I, sure. I know that you're ready to move on to the next, the next thing here. But I just want to bring up that Dub to Dub Theme Parks tweeted that Rex is going to be back. So for those of you who did <laughs> uh, Star Tours Classic, Rex was your pilot at Star Tours. And then mm -hmm. after they they revamped it and had the multiple, uh, you know, beginning, middle, and end and all that stuff, Rex was nowhere to be found anymore. Rex is going to be back, and Rex is DJing at a cantina. So, yep, that's <laughs> it. Rex quit his job as a pilot and is now a DJ. Way to go, Rex. I think that's pretty awesome. I'm totally excited that they didn't 
you know, I, I like it when they, because here's the thing, somebody who comes in that cantina and has no clue about star tours or, you know, is just, again, not one of those Disney super fan weirdos. Again, I'm going to say that because I am one of those people that normal person is just going to be like, Oh, there's a droid DJ. That's really cool. And for the rest of us, we're going to be like, Oh, that's Rex. Rex from star tours is back. and He's a DJ. <laughs> And we're all going to be really excited about that. So I am totally pumped that Rex gets to be a DJ. So the next news was sad. The Great Movie Ride, as we you know talked about a while back, there was a rumor, uh, but it's official now. The Great Movie Ride is going away and being replaced by Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. So RIP Great Movie Ride. Um, it actually closes... Uh, August 13th, yes, which yes, is less is than the... a month from when we're recording. <laughs> well, and it was, uh, so what, that was two, okay, so we are recording on Sunday. The parks deal was yesterday. It was less than a month from when they announced right. it. They're like, in less than yeah. a month, great movie ride will be no more. And that part of it, the, the, the fact that it was being closed didn't really surprise me. Because I felt like at this point, there was enough smoke that there was fire somewhere, and Great Movie Ride right. was going to be, unfortunately, was going to be shut down. But when it is being shut down, is totally blowing me away. Because I kind of half expected that I get to make one more trip, especially since Nancy. So I, I, I told this to, to Nancy, uh, my wife. My wife. My wife. I told Nancy that Great Movie Ride <laughs> was going to be shutting down. And she said, so I'm never going to get to see the cowboy version. And I'm like, yeah, oh, I guess man. you're right. You're never going to get to. As far as you know, the cowboy version oh. of that attraction doesn't even exist. You've only ever seen the uh, the gangster version of it. And while we had at some point talked about going back specifically so she could see the cowboy version, we can't make a trip in less than a month to go to go see right. this attraction. So. Yeah, I was I was totally blown away by the by the timeline on this thing. That is quick, so quick yeah. for the shutdown. So uh, a few particulars. Um, it's in the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is in two and a half D, which they said is a depth effect, but no glasses required. So I don't know how that's going to work, but it's they're calling it Disney's calling it two and a half D, and it's new technology that they've they've created. Um, it's based on the style of the new Dis. Sorry, before before we move on, two and a half D. Does that is that code for screens? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think it's going to be mostly screens. Okay, because I was thinking like a standard dark ride that would be a three D. It's not the way that we think of three D attract because. For me, when I hear the words two and a half, any, anything that involves the letter D at the end of it, I'm thinking that it's going to involve glasses. So I get why they said that. Right. But I'm thinking like that to me means that it's not going to be a standard dark ride where it's actually physical things and physical effects. And I'm not saying that they won't exist at all, um, but it sounds to me like we should maybe be expecting something more like the what the the boat ride at pandora or something yeah yeah no i think i think so um this definitely read to me like a a screen-based attraction that you know like something at universal you'll be traveling along a track and there'll be screens around you but disney has some 
technology, some lenticular effect or something that will create the illusion of depth without using uh, without using 3D glasses, which I'm all about. Lenticular, I like that. You went with the fan. So for those of you who don't know what lenticular means, it's that it's that you know effect where when you moved around, you could see the two different pictures on the poster or whatever, and it had like, and when you would touch it, it had the bumpy feel to it. That's lenticular. So Jeremy uses the word lenticular. I call it that bumpy effect when you touch things. So anyway, but yes, it, it went zip, 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 <laughs> when you put your uh, when you put your fingernails across it. Yeah, it is interesting that they that they are creating some sort of an effect, or at least they say they're creating one. Let's be honest. We'll probably write it and go, oh, this is exactly like X, Y, and Z. But still, there's. Well, I think it'll be like mission. Mission Space. Mission yes. Space has that effect applied to the small, you know, they're very, very small, quote, windows, but um, it has that effect where they, they have some illusion of depth, and I don't know, you know, I don't know what the technology is, but I think that if they've discovered some way to do that effectively on a large scale, like on a really big projected screen, I think that that will look good. Um I hope that there's more to it than that. You know, like you were saying, they didn't announce any kind of um, physical effects or whatever, but I hope that it looks good. But I also hope that there is some... You hope it's not just big square screens. Yeah, I hope that there's some aspect of this attraction that makes it different than, say, like Spider-Man The Ride or, you know, Terminator 2 Judgment Day or the King ride. Kong. Right, are both very popular. And, and though I've never ridden them, I've I've watched you know videos of them and they they look cool but they're basically a 3d movie that you're that you're riding through so i hope that there's something more to that i love the new disney shorts that they're basing this uh runaway railway short on um they are just like every one of them has been amazing uh, i love the art style i love the writing um, so I think that definitely the content of the ride is going to be top notch and great. Um, it'll just it'll it'll just come down for me to what the what the ride of it is actually like. So so by based so you're saying on the new Disney short. So essentially you're saying the the Ren and Stimpy style Disney shorts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So not so we're not we're not going to be seeing classic Minnie and Mickey here. We're going to be seeing new school Mickey and Minnie here. Yeah. Okay. I'm not, I'll be honest. I'm not as much of a fan of those. Maybe they just need to grow on me. Maybe I'm too old and, you know, back in my day, Mickey and Minnie look like (laughs) this. I I don't know what it is, but yeah, those things just have not, uh, they haven't quite grown on me as much as, as much as some of the, the classic shorts have grown on me. So, you know, but I'm, I'm still willing to give this a chance. But I'm just I'm just going to bring that up that I'm not as big you know you're a big fan of the new shorts me not so much so what what um what era of Mickey shorts are you a fan of I would actually say this I'm, is, prob- I'm just curious yeah I'm probably a f- a fan of what would that be like 50s 60s Mickey shorts oh okay I don't know the the old school Mickey shorts are the ones that I really you know that I like because. And I think to some extent that's it's what you grew up with is what you really enjoy. So I'm kind of surprised that yeah. you like the new Disney, the the new shorts. And and again, I I immediately associate those with 
Those are the Ren and Stimpy style. And I wasn't a huge Ren and Stimpy fan. And to me, that feels like Ren and Stimpy comedy. And so I'm, and it's not, it's really, it's really not to the extent that that show went, uh, but that is what it feels like to me. And so I guess maybe that's what turns me off or, or again, it's just, you're, you're trying to change Mickey and Minnie and Mickey and Minnie or this sort of a thing. So eh, I don't know. I, I, I will be interested to see the actual attraction, but I don't, I don't immediately count that in my pro book that it's based on that version of them, but it is important to notice that it is based on that version of them. Um, I will say that if you have not seen uh, the season two, episode four short called Potato Land. I have not seen the season two episode art because I haven't seen anything called Potato Land. I can tell you that much. Potato Land and Cable Car Chaos. If you, I think that if you're going to like, if you're going to like the, any, any of those new shorts, Potato Land and Cable Car Chaos are going to be the ones you like. Okay. And so I would say that give those a try, and that will uh, that will satisfy my need for you to like what I like. Okay, so so fortunately, <laughs> most of that stuff is usually available on the on Go dot com or you know, which is Disney's everything exists on Go dot com. So I will check Disney and see if they have released Potato Land and Cable Car Chaos, and I will go. Oh my gosh, Jeremy is a genius, and this is definitely. The best Mickey and Minnie ever. So it is two and a half D. It is based on the new Disney shorts, but they are not changing the outside. Correct? Because if they get rid of the right. Chinese theater, I will riot. It will stay the Chinese theater, which is actually surprising to me because they spent so much time making the weenie of that park into Tower of Terror. And if they're... If their you know, plan was to eventually leave that theater, then I feel like the theater should be the weenie, like should be the glyph that they show for for uh, Hollywood studios and stuff. I think it's funny that you think that they knew what the weenie, that they knew any, with any degree of certainty, what the plan would be when they made Tower. They were like, Tower of Terror, that's most likely going to stick around. Let's make that the weenie. The the great movie ride and the Chinese theater. Who knows what's going to happen to that in about a year, guys? <laughs> we we've got this idea for this Mickey and Minnie attraction, and we've got the what the great Mickey, which wasn't that that was the rumor going into this is that it was going to be replaced replaced with the great Mickey ride, which would somehow take us through right. a bunch of different Mickey and Minnie cartoons. So yeah, like the history. Yeah, so we had no clue what was going to happen. I don't, I don't know what they thought they were going to replace it with, but I think they, they knew there was a possibility. I think there was something on the table that said that that facade could no longer exist, and that is why it didn't become the weenie. What, will, what my question is, is moving forward, will that become the weenie now that, now that the uh, runaway railway is cemented, and that is definitely happening? So we, we will see what that looks like. But at least we know that for right now, the Chinese theater, and I like the aspect. So, uh, so you know, the, the Disney Parks blog write-up of the Runaway Railway starts with, you'll step through the movie screen and join Mickey and his friends like never before. Because as soon as I heard that's what was happening, I'm like, there's no reason to get rid of the Chinese theater. Keep the Chinese theater because there is that one Disney short, and I, I should have looked it up, but 
I don't know what film it goes before, and I don't know what the short is, but there's the short where they are what happening on a 2D screen and it transitions into 3D as they pop in and out of the screen. And I'm like, that sort of thought process would be perfect for this. And the Chinese theater is the perfect facade for that because it's essentially you're watching a movie and then it turns into a 3D thing that's happening as you enter into the world. And that's exactly what they're doing. I believe what you're talking about is get a horse. It, it is. It is. is. The, Thank you. The short. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Yes. That is the, that is the <laughs> short that I'm talking about is get a horse. So yes, uh, to me that, that is immediately what I thought about as to how can you have some Mickey and Minnie cartoon in the, the Chinese theater backdrop. And as it is being described to me, that is what I see is the get a horse. Uh, they get a horse short. So I expect something similar to that, but completely different because that is a short that all happens in front of you and you are actually going, going to be entering into this world. And the short that they're doing, the Runaway Railway, um, is custom. This is a, a short made specifically for this attraction. So it will. it's not like they are trying to shoehorn an existing short this this short is made specifically for this attraction so it will be it will be probably you know far more interactive than than just one made for tv well and and while i while i will not be able to put this in the show notes i am pretty certain that i've heard that disney animation is getting a huge amount of say in how this whole thing gets laid out which i am totally happy about because if those are the guys that are making the short that this entire thing is going to be based on, they need to be the people that have a say in how the ride goes together. And to me, that is right. that is like exactly what Walt wanted when he created Imagineering, right? He wanted people who understood how movies and cartoons and things like that work, and he wanted to transition that into the 3D space. And that is that sounds like what they're trying to do there, is they're trying to take, animation and say okay we're going to create a short a cartoon and now let's transition this cartoon into the 3d space and how do we make that work what what do you guys see and i i think that is going to work brilliantly and i'm really looking forward to that aspect of it the only downside is that in order for these things to happen um the great movie ride does have to go away and i don't think either of us is going to be able to make the emergency trip to see that one in time. I'm quite sad about Great Movie Ride going away. It's okay. Streetmosphere will still be there. So it's not all mm-hmm. going, going away. Unless, <laughs> unless you've got some notes later in this. I haven't seen that note, but I think Streetmosphere should still be there as far as we know. No, no. Citizens of Hollywood are staying. They must forever. Also, like we we talked about, maybe even on the same episode, uh, they have confirmed that the Ratatouille adventure attraction is coming to the France Pavilion in Epcot. So, um, not surprising, but Epcot is getting Ratatouille, which is awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm all over it. I'm still excited about this. Again, Brad has no issue with IP existing in Epcot. I have a slight issue with the Ratatouille ride because as I'm assuming it's the one from Disneyland Paris and it really has no educational value to it. So eh, I would, I would be more excited if somehow they, they work this IP into teaching me more about France, right? Like if Remy, yeah. if Remy was visiting 
famous French landmarks. That is the sweet spot for me, you know, uh, of putting of putting IP in Epcot because then I'm like, World Showcase is supposed to teach me about uh, the world, you know, the the country that I am visiting, and if you can have IP show me about it, uh, very much like uh, what Grand Tour Fiesta. Grand Fiesta Tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if I knew it, what you meant. Okay. If it can be something like <laughs> that, that is that is actually my sweet spot right there because you are mixing IP and actually what is going on in that country. But the a step down from that, but still totally acceptable to me, is you took an, you took a an IP that existed within said country because uh, Ratatouille takes place, you know, in in Paris and everything. We see the Eiffel Tower. We see all the it's legit, and we're putting an attraction in there that draws people into that part of the park, and then they go through France. I'm okay with that. So, so kudos to Disney for putting the Ratatouille right in there. And what I'm excited about is if you look at the, uh, the, the, the image that they showed there, if you notice, the Eiffel Tower is no longer in the back of the attraction. It is now partway through the attraction. So it looks like they are not only adding Ratatouille, but are expanding the France Pavilion. Yay. And that is... That'll be good. Yeah, that is the aspect of it that even more so excites me is that they may be adding and expanding the France Pavilion. Because, you know what? I can, I can take more France Pavilion. So you're going to definitely get Ratatouille. And if the blue sky images to be believed maybe even a little bit more france if more france means more french food i'm all over that um if i can get a fun attraction and more french food yep sign me up yeah and disney disney does say that it is similar to the 4d attraction ratatouille colon the adventure that opened at walt disney studios park in paris in 2014 guests will be able to shrink to remisa it's that wording to me in the press release basically says you're going to get the Ratatouille ride that's in uh, Disneyland Paris, which I think is a perfectly okay thing and should mean the existence of what? The first trackless uh, dark ride at uh, mm-hmm. at Walt Disney World as we, I think we discussed last week, but uh, I like yep. the, I like trackless uh, dark rides. So this is a win-win to me and Yay to Disney for putting Ratatouille in Epcot and not totally ruining Epcot. So also in the World Showcase, um, China is getting a new Circle Vision film, and it's a new type of Circle Vision that is totally seamless, apparently. So that'll be good. Um, I like Circle Vision. That's a cool, that's a cool technology. So that'll be fun. Yeah, that, that to me, though, is going to be even harder. It's hard to watch Circle Vision when I have all of the little different squares to watch so i can be like last time i was here i watched all of those squares this time i'm going to try to watch (laughs) these squares now it's seamless i have no clue what squares i watched last time and what squares i want to watch this time uh but again this is exciting to me because this is a we're not getting rid of world showcase we're not changing what world showcase is about we're doubling down on what world showcase is about which is showcasing the world. So I am super excited that they are doing this. I, I really hope that 
you know, even though it wasn't announced, I want Canada to, to get a new film. Now, Martin Short had better still be involved in it, but I'd like to see, <laughs> I'd like to see Canada get this updated uh, seamless circle vision as well. And you know what? Let's just add circle vision to all of the countries because I, I enjoy a good circle vision film, but yes, I'm excited about this. And you know what, Disney, you have Brad's blessing. Go ahead and throw Mulan into the seamless circle vision film and watch Brad not complain one iota about you putting IP into a, uh, into the world <laughs> showcase because that, that would totally be exactly what I expect from IP in the world showcase. Jumping over to Future World, there will be a Guardians of the Galaxy attraction coming soon. And thus, you end Brad's congratulations of things <laughs> happening at... Okay, I am still... I am still... I am still trying to... Trying so hard. Trying to reserve judgment <laughs> on what Disney is doing at Epcot until I see an actual attraction because I saw so so Guardians of the Galaxy is coming to Universe of Energy. <gasps> yeah, that's right. Nobody did that because nobody was surprised because we've talked about this a hundred times. The one thing that did surprise me was that the uh you know when we saw the picture of the what concept art for this, it's essentially Universe of Energy, right? They put they put yeah. a weird spaceship yeah. in front of it, and they changed the the overlay of the building. But it's the exact same building. And then I'm wondering why were they flying all of the the sight test balloons? Because you you remember when we yeah. ran that story, right? Mm -hmm. And we yeah. both assumed okay, they're building they're going to build a new building there. But it doesn't appear that's the case, which is kind of understandable because that building is huge. If you guys if you guys have yeah. ever ridden Universe of Energy, there is a lot of stuff uh, going on there. But yeah, so that is what is coming. Brad is trying so hard not to just totally slam them because <laughs> what they said was that this was okay because it still stuck to the original plan because Epcot was about <laughs> space travel. And Guardians of the Galaxy, to me, has nothing to do with space. Because in my mind, Epcot is about the realities of this world. Even the Guardians of the Galaxy is in no way my mind's idea of a potential reality for this world. Any more yeah. than the aerial ride at New Fantasyland is my expectation of what happens when I go under the sea. <laughs> but, 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 but. Brad is not going to totally slam this attraction until it is open, if I can at all avoid it. And apparently, what, the young Peter Quill visited Epcot? Ugh. Yeah, let's not. Uh, let's, hey, hey, let's not hey, if that's, about the, that. if that's the story they're trying to sell, that's the story we're going to talk about. So uh, there's a picture. It's just a poorly photoshopped image. <laughs> yes, there's it's, a. My there, problem with it is that whoever a, photoshopped it did not understand scale. What there is this what sepia toned Polaroid of of a young Peter Quill with the uh, with Spaceship Earth in the background, and I think maybe the fountain there or something. Uh, yeah. So yeah. you know that's that is apparently what makes it okay that we're going to have a Guardians of the Galaxy attraction 
because Peter Quill was in Future World. And again, if you want to, if if Disney, if you want to know what is going to make Brad really upset or really happy about this attraction, I'll go ahead and tell you. If I if I'm really happy about this attraction, it's because somehow Guardians of the Galaxy ties into the real world, the future of space travel, even the the out there version of space travel, but still within the realm of possibility. What's going to break make Brad not so happy about it is if they just have this totally fantasy version of if it's a Guardians of the Galaxy attraction. If it's a Guardians of the Galaxy attraction, I'm going to say it doesn't belong in future world. I'm just going to go ahead and commit to that now. And if you don't like that, well, I'm really, really sorry. I really wish that I could make everybody happy, but that is how I feel about Epcot because I love Epcot and I like these aspects of Epcot. And I'll probably gripe and groan about it. And then eventually I'll get used to it, much like I got used to the aspect of Frozen. And I'll still secretly hate it, but I'll try not to bring it up except for every third podcast. I don't have anything to add about Guardians of the Galaxy specifically, although I do think that 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 this announcement really reinforces my thoughts that I made, I think, last week about Epcot being essentially two different things uh, and that the World Showcase is treated much differently than Future World. And Future World is a, is a theme park to Disney, I mean. Um, Future World is a theme park, and the World Showcase is special. Everything is fair game at, at Future World. Future World is a theme park. Right. World Showcase is go visit right. the world. That is that is more or less what you said. Right. right. And I agree with it. That that is what it seems to be. But again, I am reserving final judgment. You you <laughs> guys have heard what I am basing this judgment on, but I'm not trying so hard. <laughs> I am not <laughs> going to totally just it does you sound know, like you are not trying so hard. That I'm I'm really this dude, this is me trying hard <laughs> not to say Guardians of the Galaxy is a horrible, horrible idea for for future world because I haven't seen what it's going to be yet and I'm waiting to see what it's going to be. So anyway, assuming you have nothing else to say about it, let's bring on the next topic before I stop trying so hard. I actually uh I completely missed this this uh, Mission Space new mission. So can you tell me about this? Sure, sure, I can. So, uh, yeah, the next thing in our show notes is that Mission Space is getting a new mission. And this was a, like, 10-second throwaway in the, in the actual Parks panel announcement, which, I, which is why I think you probably didn't see it. Uh, but they have basically announced that green mission specifically, so not... so. For those of you who haven't ridden Mission Space, there's a green mission and an orange mission. Mission Space takes place inside of a, uh, what, what is the word? Is it, is it centrifuge? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it takes place inside of a centrifuge, and so they spin you around, so it, it simulates uh, the G-forces pushing against you during takeoff and things like that. And for some people, they were like, uh, I'm going to lose my lunch, and... So Disney came up with a orange version, which is centrifuge spins, and a green version, which is the centrifuge doesn't spin, and instead, your capsule is just being adjusted up, down, left, right, that kind of stuff, to give you the sensation that you are still flying. Um, and up until the, what, refurbishment started, those were both the same thing. And in both of those, you were traveling to Mars 
you, and you had good old Uncle Gary coming up and telling you about how you were going to ride on the, uh, you know, on, on your spaceship and you were going to go to Mars and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the green mission is actually getting a new mission. And apparently, for green mission, you will now be taking a stunning tour around the Earth while the orange mission will continue to, or will make the trip to Mars even more spectacular with new display systems. And, uh, you know, check your, check your show notes for the www.magic.com uh, write-up on this. But essentially, it sounds like the refurb that is cor- currently going on is updating the display systems. And we both discussed that that was, a, was an attraction that was in need of an update. And yeah, definitely. The surprising part is that Green is getting an entirely new mission in the process, which now I'm questioning, will that make me want to ride the Green mission, which I've never done? So I think that it definitely will make people who wouldn't normally ride green, ride green. But what I'm hoping is that they are going to up the intensity of orange just slightly. And with the new display systems and that effect, that depth effect, I think, you know, especially since they're about to do this uh, runaway railway thing at, at Hollywood studios, um, that that may breathe like just that alone that change alone may breathe new life into this attraction and i absolutely love mission space and i'm really really excited about this um and i think it's really smart to make green a completely different experience because then you can make orange more intense and and since it's a completely different experience it's way less confusing i think to people um, so I'm all over it. I think it's great. I agree. Um, I don't know that orange is actually going to get any more exciting just because orange has been taken down in its excitement level time after time after time again. So I don't know that anything will ever come through that will make it more exciting. I wish they would. I'd love for, you know, even, even if it was like a, a one night opportunity. If Disney wants me to show back up for for one of those random visits, give me like a for one week only the real orange experience. You may vomit. Yeah, dude. And I would be Yeah, dude. I would tell Nancy, hey, you know what? You're gonna have to stay home because there's no way you're gonna ride this attraction. But I am headed there. I am Yeah, you and I are driving. Day. There you go. Whatever it takes, dude, <laughs> we are headed there because I would love to fill orange at just full blast. Uh, I don't know that that's actually going to happen. Yeah. But I am still I am still happy to hear about this change because I I wonder if, you know, if they can actually build something that is the current version of the attraction was built with orange in mind. Because it was built at a time when all of the when all of the the because it was built at a time when all of the attractions spun, when there was no orange and green, when it was yeah. all one right. world. And then they said, you know what? People right. don't like this. We need this green version. So let's give them a green version. And it's the exact same thing. And that, that thing was built for the spinning version of the ride. So I am totally okay with the idea that they are building a version of this attraction that they built from stage one with the concept that this is not going to spend what is the best way to make a good attraction for that group of people? 
Uh, and that that's what's happening here. So I, I am all for it. And that orange gets some sort of up, upgrade, even if it's just upgrading the screens. And like I said, hopefully, Disney, listen to me. I know there is one poor, poor intern who gets stuck listening to our podcast. Poor, poor intern. Go ahead and pass this up to your superiors. Fix the joysticks. Fix the joy. <laughs> fix, fix those little things that are wrong. And Brad's going to be totally happy. And Brad's actually going to ride green because then there's a reason to do it. Because up until now, I've gone, you know what? I've ridden orange. I know what, I know what this experience is supposed to feel like. Why would I want to ride green and ride what this experience is not supposed to feel like? But now I can say, I'm going to go ride orange. And now I'm going to go ride green because I'm going to ride green and get what that experience is supposed to feel like and get an entirely different experience. They're also adding a space-themed table service restaurant next to Mission Space, which I assume is that restaurant that um, what had, uh, was it the, um, gosh, you talked about it. Was it like the craft beer sampling thing? So that uh, was it's like the, a round restaurant. Odyssey. So now that the the craft beers actually happened at the Odyssey, which is not technically near uh, Mission Space because that is at the that is halfway between Future World and World Showcase, and that could be the the building for this. And we haven't been told the building of for this, but it says according to the the Disney press release here on uh, the Disney blog. They say the restaurant, which will be located adjacent to the Mission Space attraction. And mm. under no circumstances do really I consider adjacent, that to be adjacent. What I do consider to be adjacent is the Wonders of Life Pavilion. And I'm not, I'm not definitively yeah. saying Wonders of Life is where this, this restaurant would end up. But I'm just saying this is definitely where that restaurant could end up. Or it could end up in, you know, some some area of land in that area that is currently being used for backstage or something like that. Uh, but yeah, wonders of life, I think is definitely a possibility for this because they've said nothing about something else going in that location. And while it's made a perfectly fine festival center in the process, uh, I think they'd like something that was available more of the time. So I don't know, maybe, we're going to see this, this restaurant go here, but essentially it is a, a space restaurant. So they say uh, this will invite guests to travel into space for an amazing dining experience in the stars, which isn't that Cosmic Race Cafe. <laughs> I think it's going to be a little more realistic than Cosmic Race Cafe. So you're telling me that Sonny is not going to be in the lounge rocking my tunes for me because yeah, I kind of need Sonny. <laughs> I man. doubt that. <laughs> Good old sunny eclipse. So, so barring sunny eclipse being there, this definitely looks like it's going to be another table service experience, right? Yeah. Yes. It definitely is. They said table service. Okay. Okay. So table service, space themed. And what I thought was interesting about the, uh, the announcement is that it's going to be operated by the Patina Restaurant Group. Which I only find that interesting because Which, that, that is to say it's not going to be operated by Disney. And I don't know what the Patina Restaurant Group is. I don't know how to feel about that. So Patina Restaurant Group is Toto Italia in Via Napoli at Epcot. 
uh, and huh. okay. Morimoto over at Disney Springs. So I think you can feel reasonably. Okay. I, I have only eaten at one of those three places, which would be Via Napoli. But I, I had a, that seemed decent experience the first time I went to Via Napoli. The last time Nancy and I went to Via, like she said, I want to go to the pizza place in Epcot because I like the pizza place in Epcot. And I'm said, okay, I will make, you know what? I can make a reservation at, uh, you know, I can make a reservation there, I suppose. And I <laughs> loved it. it if was, I have to. Yeah, yeah. I had some, you know, that smoked salmon pizza. It was incredible. Uh, service was great. In comparison, you know, we went to, what, Yak and Yeti, which is run by, I don't remember, but it's a weird, it's Landry. I think it's, I think it's operated by Landry Restaurants. And that one seemed like hmm. a not so great fit to me. But if this was operated by Patina... It's one of those things where I knew this oper- this restaurant wasn't operated by Disney, but it pretty much felt like it was operated by Disney. Um, so I'm totally okay with Patina Restaurant Group being involved, though it's interesting to me that they are allowing them to be involved in something that is in the future world, uh, possibly, if Jeremy is right, theme park aspect of the new Epcot, <laughs> rather than the, the World Showcase version of it. So I'm wondering... Are, will we see more restaurants in the future where Disney doesn't take the, the reins? And I don't think they're going away by any stretch because uh, what the Skipper Canteen is run by Disney. That's a, that's a full Disney thing. Yeah, yeah. But it seems like maybe they're opening up to other people now? Or maybe this is just the new, you know, we can't get Siemens to sponsor anymore, so let's sell this restaurant to the Patina Restaurant Group. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The concept art definitely looks cool and unique. Um, a lot like the another a a lot like a, a hotel that we will discuss later. But uh, I, I think Ooh, it looks really cool. Teaser and you, yeah, and you just snuck some uh, extra notes into our note. I see. I have a yellow dot denoting an edit. What have you added, Brad? So I have added. Because because <laughs> we, we're, we're talking Epcot, right? And we're about to leave Epcot. Right. And to my knowledge, we're not actually coming back to Epcot. Oh, gosh. This is going to be the hard one to discuss for me. Among the other announcements, we have seen this, uh, this image, which is purportedly future world as of 2021. Is most, uh, is most of what I've seen is, you know... This is concept art for a newly designed future world. This is the future of future world. I've seen somebody saying 2021. I like this concept art. That you, makes sense. That makes sense. You should go into your, uh, to your show notes and go look at this concept art for yourself. And 2021, yes, absolutely would make sense because that's what? Uh, the 40-year anniversary of Epcot? I think so. 890... No, no, 50-year anniversary. Because that would be the 50-year anniversary of Epcot. But the, the problem with this future world redesign that, that Brad sees and that kills Brad and is like the dagger through Brad's heart is that there is no interventions in this redesign. I'm sorry, Brad. It is all walkways and trees and other things that... It's a park. 
Yes, yes. It is it is stuff that that from a from a non I'm so tied to interventions because it is where I worked aspect, I go, this looks beautiful. Um, I'm also not so stupid as to think that concept art is what things actually look like when they come to pass. But this version of it looks grand, and I am totally on board with making Future World new and fresh looking. And, you know, if we get rid of the 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 little coverings that are all over the, you know, kind of right behind spaceship Earth area, I'm okay with that. But the idea that the place where I worked would be completely demolished and never even exist anymore. Whew, that is a that's a tough a tough pill to swallow. But yes, they have announced that they are they are going to do a significant redesign of Future World. And uh, if you, gosh, this is, it's hard to describe. Again, other than, like you said, it looks like a park and there's a lots of trees and walkways and other things that have not been announced by any stretch. You know, there, there are areas in this thing that I have no clue what they are because mm-hmm. nobody has told me what they are, but it all seems to be part of this planned future world redesign. But yeah, basically I threw this in the notes because number one, it was announced at D23 in the parks panel as something that is a plan for the future. And number two, it was the removal of interventions, which 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 hurts me just a little bit. Thanks, Disney, for removing my building. That is again, from a from a from any other perspective, is not really that full of stuff. They don't seem to get the sponsorships they need anymore there. So, you know, and they've turned half of it into what? A character meet and greet anyway. So I can understand why they're getting rid of it, but it just, it, 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 it hurts a little bit that they're going to get rid of my home. So I think it's interesting to have a, put a park there. I'm pretty sure they said that that's going to be a park, um, like a park area with benches and, and things like that. Uh, going like sp- you know, trying to shoehorn Guardians of the Galaxy into into Future World stinks to me a little bit. But um, going back to the original Epcot, you know, design and what Walt Disney wanted it to be, um, I think a park, like an area for people to just go and sit and look at, you know, things that are beautiful and have a pond or you know something there, I think actually does fit into the original uh, original plans for Epcot. To be a community, to be a place where where people could ostensibly live, and so I am intrigued by that, um, because I I I think it's pretty cool. I like it a lot. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, but I totally understand your sadness, and uh, I would hate for you to not get to go back and say goodbye to intervention. So oh, maybe maybe you'll be able happening. to make a trip to do that. That's happening. <laughs> you know what? If they said, if they said that, you know, what is it? August thirteenth, which is the oh, by the way, not only the closing for the great movie ride, but is also the closing for Universe of Energy. We we failed to hit on that when we talked earlier about the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy redo of that attraction. August thirteenth is also the last chance you're going to get to see Universe of Energy, and strangely, Brad is kind of eh. We can miss that one last time uh, about that attraction. But if they told me that Interventions, that's the last day, I'm going to be there. 
you know, by hook or by crook. And I will be doing that crazy thing called Disney bounding or cosplay, whatever you want to call it, where I would be rocking my <laughs> old school. And I don't actually, I don't actually have my old school uniform, but I will find a way to get a, a reasonable facsimile of my old school uniform. And I will get a ludicrous number of photos in that place before it is gone. And I will hurt that it is gone, but I will actually in some level be okay because to me, the, the park aspect showing green spaces and number one opens up for new things to come in that don't have to exist inside of the old Communicore area. Uh, and number two is kind of the future world that we look for now. You know, that, that is, that is definitely a change from say 1981, you know, when, when Epcot was opened future wasn't about, wasn't as much about the environment as it is now, because we didn't see, I, I don't think that as an entire culture, I think there were definitely people that saw the issues that were coming for the environment, but I don't think we all fully appreciated it. The environment needs to be a part of our future. So, you know, if green areas and things like that are, are part of future world, I think that totally fits in with the, the overall theme of future world. And it, again, it opens up some new areas. Uh, if you look at this uh, admittedly cruddy image, I keep hoping Disney's actually going to give us a copy of this, but so far all we've managed to see are people taking photos of the projector screens at D23. Um, there's a lot of stuff on there that we've never seen before, which could be evidence of more new attractions, more new things opening up in Future World, and I'm excited for that. So anyway, Future World redesign, tentatively, I have seen some announcement or some people speculating a 2021 shot, though this is so huge, 2021 may be really pushing it for all of this stuff to happen, but we will see, but we do know future world redesign is coming. And I yeah. think, I think that about does it for Epcot. Are do we have anything else Epcot? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. So moving I on think from that does about do it for Epcot. Moving. On I thought Epcot. you were about to end this episode and I was going to say, no, siree. We've still got some notes here. Oh no. I, I see the notes. <laughs> I see the notes. There are about three more episodes here. But let's go ahead and go through them anyway. <laughs> so Tron uh, is the kind of is a set movie piece from of like 1980s. My, yes, 1990s. It, it is a movie. Okay. It is also a the Tron Light Cycle Power Run is the set piece of Shanghai Disneyland's Tomorrowland, and it is a very unique, very beautiful roller coaster. We've talked about it at length. Um, it is coming to Magic Kingdom and uh, in it is coming to Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World. Uh, it will be next to Space Mountain in a completely new area. Um, there were some rumors that it would be in the area where the Tomorrowland Speedway is. Uh, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. It looks like the Speedway remains, which is fine, whatever. Um, but there, it will be in an entirely new space. Uh, so it won't affect Tomorrowland uh, except to add on to it. Um, I am unbelievably excited about this. That roller coaster looks so cool. The restraint system uh, 
you basically sit forward like you're riding a like a Kawasaki motorcycle um, where you kind of would sit forward over the fuel tank. Um, you sit forward, you grab onto some handlebars, and they actually lower a restraint onto your lower back to hold you onto the attraction. And then you ride um, the roller coaster like that in that position. And I am I am intrigued by that. Uh, I love, 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 love the way that it looks. Uh, in Shanghai, they have color-changing LEDs, and um, it just, it looks amazing. And it's bright, and it's big, and the design of it is flowy and beautiful, and I cannot wait for Tron Light Cycle Power Run to be a part of my Magic Kingdom. Uh, and so I don't have to go to Shanghai to experience it. Which you've done so many times up until this point. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm a I'm a regular Shanghai yin. Shanghai yin, yes, that's the thing. Um, I am excited to see that this <laughs> isn't taking over the Speedway. Speedway is not an attraction that I frequent. Um, I don't want to wait in those lines. I have done it maybe once or twice in the past, but you know, as I think I've discussed in the in previous episodes. Before I had a driver's license, I thought the Speedways was the coolest thing ever because you got to do go-karts at Walt Disney World. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, it, it eats people. And so I'm glad that they found a way for that attraction to stay along with adding this attraction, even though the, it was rumored that something else would happen. Um, you know, the train is going to have to go under Tron which I think is going yeah. to be interesting. I mean, based on every attempt that I've seen anybody try to make on, you know, looking at the concept art, it's going to be here. It's like, yeah, and there goes the train track right underneath that sucker. Um, so I think that'll, that'll be kind of well, cool. Don't you feel like the train would go under like the queue maybe and not the ride itself? Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't think it'll go under the ride itself. In fact, I wouldn't surprise me if they actually built a tunnel and actually enclosed the train and maybe showed some, sort of like future world type stuff, you know, um, think, yeah. think exit to space mountain, you know, just mm, the, the, yeah. the almost fantasy aliens carrying packages type. around. Yeah. 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 You know, FedEx style, <laughs> uh, but something, something like that would happen for, for the train. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be Tron. I'm really excited to see that Tron has, is coming <laughs> because I haven't had an opportunity to ride a Shanghai Disneyland yet. Haven't quite made it there. Um, both of us discussed when we saw this announced for Shanghai that it was something we wanted to do. And now, now we're going to get an opportunity to do this. The only question that I have. Okay. The only two questions that I have. Number one. Is Tron going to diminish the popularity of Space Mountain, when you set both of them next to each other, how is Space Mountain going to look right next to Tron? You know, because Space Mountain kind of, it has that look. It has that, you know, it, it just, it stands out against the skyline. Is it going to be, uh, and, and now, if you aren't from the state of Texas, if you aren't from East Texas, you're probably not going to understand what I'm saying, but I know Jeremy's going to understand what I'm saying. Is it going to look like when they built Reliant Stadium in Houston and suddenly the Astrodome didn't look quite so grand anymore? Uh, yeah, probably. 
I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. Is Tron going to be just so big and so overwhelming that it's like, there's Tron and that thing over there next to Tron, you know? Because Space Mountain is yeah. no, no longer going to have that sky to itself anymore. Well, and if Space Mountain, or if Tron lights up the way that it does in Shanghai, it is going to make Space Mountain look kind of dinky at well, night. And we, you know, they have they have the, the lighting abilities for Space Mountain, but yeah. I don't know that it's going to be able to compete. So that is interesting to me. Um, again, not at all a reason not to bring Tron. The other thing that, and this, mm, I don't know. I, I understand why they put Tron where they did because of space and what was available. But this just feels kind of like Hollywood Studios when you put, uh, what, when you, this just kind of feels like Hollywood Studios when you put Tower of Terror and uh, Rock and Roller Coaster over in this little bitty area <laughs> of the park, you know, you put these two major e-ticket attractions and it just throws off the balance of the park. And now I don't think it's as yeah. bad as Hollywood Studios because there are e-tickets to be had throughout the Magic Kingdom, but putting the two of them so close together, I think it's going to create some interesting. Uh, traffic especially during the the busier it's gonna parts jam of the up season. tomorrowland for sure yeah well and it's gonna jam up that area of tomorrow you know even if e because tron definitely needs to exist in tomorrowland no question about that but if you put right. tron at like the front of tomorrowland or even the middle of the and i don't know how that would happen i'm sure that it couldn't happen and that's the reason why i got put where it did but if it could somehow be some be in one of those places at least it would balance within Tomorrowland what these crowds are going to be like. Everybody is going to be going to this area because you're going to want to ride Space Mountain or you're going to want to ride the Neutron ride, right? Right. Those are the only kind of holdbacks that I have on this. But overall, I am entirely excited about the opportunity to ride the, the Tron cycles. And I can't wait to, to head back over. And what they said, this will be ready in time for the 50th anniversary. So 2021 we should be expecting at some point in that year to see the tron coaster ready to rock and roll over at magic kingdom yep and i can't wait the next so you remember when i teased the hotel earlier what hotel here we go (laughs) the star wars hotel will be opening at walt disney world and it's unique in that every it, it it's I think they build it as the most immersive hotel on on the property. Uh, every window will have a view into space. Um, like it's just this crazy immersive. Like you will feel like you're staying on another planet in this hotel, and I think that's awesome. I cannot even fathom how unbelievably expensive it's going to be to stay at the Star Wars hotel, but I I think this is great and especially if they go in and really like deck it out to the nines the way that the concept art is uh it's going to be not only a probably very 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 nice and luxurious hotel but also like you know they said immersive and unique in a, in a an experience just within a hotel and i think that's awesome yeah, so as always, uh, check your show notes for the the release, the Disney Parks blog story on this, but I'm just going to go ahead and read you a little bit of it. It is part of the new Disney 360 vacation concept, 
It is unlike anything that exists today, Bob Chapek said. From the second you arrive, you'll become a part of the Star Wars story. You'll immediately become a citizen of the galaxy and experience all that entails, including dressing up in the proper attire. So that means they're going to be giving you clothes. <laughs> you are going to get clothes so Which that you is can, awesome. So that you can fit in the Star Wars uh, in the Star Wars universe. Once you leave Earth, you will discover a starship alive with characters, stories, and adventures that unfold all around you. It is 100% immersive, and the story will touch every single minute of your day, and it will culminate in a unique journey for every person who visits. That is what Disney is telling us the Star Wars hotel is going to consist of. My question to you is, if I am involved in this super immersive thing, when am I going to have time to visit Walt Disney World? <laughs> you won't need to, man. Like, you're laughing about this. It's but, all at your hotel. But seriously, like, I almost feel like this is wasted at, at Walt Disney World because the concept that I would want to leave this thing that they've, that they've created, this fully immersive thing, like, I don't understand why I would want to. Don't I want? Don't I want to see what's happening with the characters around? It sounds like a, it sounds like a theme park within a theme park almost. Yeah, no, it does, and and this is you know a new a new thing they're doing, and so we have nothing to base you know or we have nothing to compare it to. So it'll be really interesting to see how this turns out and what yeah. it what it actually is. Other other than we have the the description, which again sound, makes me wonder why I would leave. And the concept art, which is sometimes suspect, but uh, it makes us wonder. <laughs> now, I will say that uh, Lynn Testa from uh, touringplans.com tweeted that he was, and, and let me go ahead and precursor this for, for our sake and for Lynn's sake. Nothing is set in stone until you see it set in stone, like until you are able to book. But he said that he is hearing. $650 a night with a minimum of two nights and a $200 per person per night for all others in the room. That is what he was hearing that this hotel would cost. So, so I figure I did, $650. Yeah. So for Nancy and I to go and do the, the star Wars hotel, it's a two night minimum stay for us to go and do those two nights. $1,700 for us to go and stay. If you're a family of four, which Lynn points out, you're looking at $2,500 for your two-night stay. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, I hope I'll be able to visit it. <laughs> um. I don't... Will they, will they let you go and visit it? Like, you can visit every other Disney resort right now, but how does an Earthling come into this... this you know, fully immersive. Yeah. Experience. Can I can I walk in there with my shorts and flip flops on? Your shorts and flippy floppies, I think, is what you meant to say. But yeah, I I don't I don't know how this works. Like I feel a little bit underdressed when I roll into Grand Floridian and I'm and I'm you know dressed in my park attire. I'm gonna feel a lot underdressed when everybody else is rocking their you know Star Wars duds. And I've got my goofy hat on or whatever. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, that is a that is a chunk uh, of change to go and stay. But at the same time, like 
if this if this lives up to to the the hype and by the hype i totally mean what disney is trying to sell us right where it is a fully immersive story and all right. that stuff oh gosh dude i'm i think i'd be trying to save up the money but again if I got the money to go, I don't know that I would save up the money for, for park tickets on top of that. Because at the point where I'm dropping $1,700 for Nancy and I to do two nights at a place, I think I want to go and experience that place. Well, but also, like, if you're spending $1,700, what's another $200, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's just chump change at that point. Who cares? <laughs> no, I want to be there. I want you to show me everything. Yeah. You would better keep me entertained for you know, 18 hours a day or whatever, because I'm not, you know, I'm going to sleep minimally because I got to get all that I can out of this, but I'm assuming this, you know, it, nothing from the announcement or anything else makes me think this includes food or at most this includes a, a set of star Wars duds, which maybe is the reason why it's $200 per person for the, cause that, that is way high to have an additional person in your hotel room. It's. It sounds like they've got to not. They've got to have their duds, and they got to be written into the story or something, right? Yeah, I don't know. This is. It's very strange. It's very strange. I. I have no idea what the two hundred dollar per person on top of six fifty a night. Could but those. Possibly be. But here's the thing. While those numbers sound crazy, based on the description Disney has given us, those numbers sound entirely believable for what they would charge for this experience. Yeah, I think so. So let's just both say that we both really, really, really want to go do this, and we both see absolutely no way we'll ever get to go do this. Sound good? Hey, speaking of things, yes, it sounds good. And speaking of things that are very, very expensive and something that we'll never get to do, uh, they announced another DVC resort. Hey, they're selling out the ones they have. Why wouldn't they build another one? Uh, it looks like it's going to be really beautiful. Um, but that's, that's about all I have to say about it. It's you DVC. Have to say, you have to if say you're a Disney adding, Vacation Club person. Yeah, they're adding a DVC thing. So if you're into DVC stuff, then you've got a place to go. If you're not into DVC, then this is going to mean nothing to you, right? Yep. Yeah. It's Disney's, uh, what do they call it? The poorest kept secret. <laughs> uh, so I, if you look in your show notes, we are linking to the, to the Chip and Co story on this. Apparently, it will be opening in, in fall of 2019. Pretty much the only thing that we know about this is that it's going to be DVC and that it's going to link to our next story. Which is? Which is that Disney has finally officially said, you're gonna get a Skyway, guys. The Skyway is no longer an imaginary thing. It is a real thing. And as I said, the Riviera Resort is going to be one of the resorts along that Skyway. The Disney Skyliner. That's right. Uh, AKA Gondola, AKA I don't want to get stuck yeah. in the sky. Gon- can, can I just say gondolas, that? Gondola's confirmed for real this time. That, that, is, that is what Jeremy put in the show notes. And it is exactly the <laughs> truth because we've been talking gondolas uh, at, at least a couple of times on the podcast. But we've we've always, you know, predicated it with this is still a rumor. It sounds really, 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 really likely, but it's a rumor. No, last time we talked about it, I definitely said confirmed, <laughs> um, but it's confirmed now. <laughs> so the stops on this are going to be the pop century and uh, art of animation, as we always thought. 
the Caribbean beach, uh, as was, as we originally talked about. And then that, that bend that one of the two weird bends that we saw, that's actually Disney's Riviera resort. So that's the vacation club resort. And then of course the resorts that will be involved are Epcot and Disney's Hollywood studios. So that is the initial plans for the Skyway or excuse me, Skyliner service. <laughs> and I wonder if we are not going to see an expansion to that uh, moving forward. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Um, gosh, the little breakaway that goes to Hollywood Studios, that's going to be a weird thing to navigate, huh? Yeah. So I, mean, so the- I guess they're going to have to like put you on and somehow the system is going to have to know when you when you leave pretty much any of these resorts, right? So let's say you leave Pop Century. The the way that the excuse me, the part Pop Century Art of Animation right in the middle of Hourglass Lake location. When you leave that to get to say Epcot, you're going to have to go through Caribbean Beach, Riviera Resort onto Epcot. So they're somehow going to have to know that that uh Skyliner gondola vehicle is headed to Epcot, which makes me wonder if like there's not going to be some sort of computer system that knows that's where this thing is headed so that it doesn't like stop and make you get out at Caribbean Beach and then get back in and then get out at Riviera and get back in all just to get to Epcot, right? Well, why would it why would the gondola itself need to know where you were going? Why couldn't it just like you get off where you want to? You know, because like when you're going from the TTC to uh, Epcot, you have to change monorails, don't you? So yeah, why but wouldn't? What, but wouldn't that wouldn't be the just... whole advantage of riding in a gondola is you don't have to do that? Well, but you're going to have to, especially at the turns, you're going to have to go into uh, a little building. You know, it's it's not easy to turn when you're on a a suspended wire. So I figure you just get off where you want to get off. Yeah, but I assume those turns were going to be like, you know, the the big wheel, essentially, that just then puts you onto the other wire, and then, boom, you're good to go. Because there's that one, so, again, one of the two big turns, so you have the three-way joint at Caribbean Beach that joins the two other resorts and Hollywood Studios, Yeah. right? Yeah. But Riviera is essentially one of two turns that takes you to Epcot. That other turn is adjacent to the Hollywood Studios parking lot? Yeah, but like, it's nothing. Why, why would you be wanting to roll out at that building and go, all right, guys, let's take a break. Okay, I think I've stretched my legs a little bit, ready to get back in the gondola. Well, but I don't think you would even be allowed to get out at that point. I yeah. figure at... So, okay, let's say we get, in, we get on at the Hourglass Lake stop. Okay. And we arrive at Caribbean Beach. At that point... I think you will have the opportunity to get out of your Skyway or Skyliner vehicle to get onto one going to Hollywood Studios. If you're not going to Hollywood Studios and you're not going to Caribbean Beach, you will just continue on as if you were on a bus and the bus made a stop somewhere you're not going. Then your next stop will be uh, Riviera Resort you will have the opportunity to get off. There will be a cast member there. You, your Skyliner will stop, and you will have the opportunity to get off, or you can say, nope, going on Epcot, um, when you, and then you make the turn. When you hit that other turn, um, I, you're just not going to stop. I don't think there will be a cast member there. Like 
that's just not even going to be a stop. And then you get to Epcot. And at that point, they'll turn around and go the other way. Um, but I, I just see that as like the same as riding the bus or riding the monorail where you stay on until you get to your stop. And it's all up to you as the rider to figure out like, okay, at Caribbean beach, I need to get off and, and transfer to the, the Hollywood studios Skyliner. So I think the question that needs to be answered for, for us to both understand what is or isn't the case is how many people can a Skyliner carry? Um, it looks like four, I think. Okay, well, it's got to hold more than that because there's no way these things aren't uh, accessible for like, uh, like scooters and stuff like that. So do you think four and like somehow a scooter is going to go like right in the middle? So maybe one scooter per Skyliner or something? I would, I would assume that the seats Wheelchair, fold up. Wheelchair, stuff like that. I would assume that like on the bus, mm-hmm. the seats fold up and you could get a scooter in like it's a bench or something and you just fold up the bench. So if a, if, if a Skyliner for four stops at Caribbean Beach and you're like, nope, we're not getting off here. I mean, I, just, I, don't, I don't really understand what the point of stopping there is because it doesn't like, it's not like more people can get on all of a sudden, right? Well, yeah, but it's just that's that's, that's the thing. Like, but it would be so much more efficient if it just knew where you wanted to go. That's all yeah, I'm but, saying. Yeah, no, it would be, but how would it know? Like, I think that that's that's a little too unless they had bypasses. Like, so if you get on at Hourglass Lake and you say, "I'm going to Epcot." If there's a way for it to just bypass all the other stops and like they have two separate somehow, you know, wires or whatever. But if everybody's going on the same wire, I think everybody stops the same for mechanically. That's the simplest way to do it. And you'll just stop, you know, because, okay, so ostensibly these skyliners are going to be the same distance apart. So everyone's going to have to stop for more or less the same amount of time uh, at all the stops, or you're going to end up with a major traffic jam. So I would assume that everybody stops uh, if, if for nothing else but to keep the flow of traffic the same. And if there's you know an issue with loading or unloading someone on a scooter or a wheelchair or whatever, they, they would, uh, I assume, stop the whole system. But when you start getting into bypasses and and all this stuff, we're like, we're not even going to stop. Then you get, God, then you get to the point where like you've got five gondolas bunched up next to each other, and then a thousand feet of emptiness, and then the next one. Like, I don't, I don't see that as being good. And if you're on these gondolas. I mean, it's, I don't see having to stop at each one being any more or less efficient than taking the monorail and saying, I'm going to the Grand Floridian, but you know, you're going to have to stop at the Contemporary and the Polynesian Village before you get to the Grand Floridian and the, the TTC. So I don't think it's any more or less efficient than any other mode of transportation at Walt Disney World. And I don't feel like they build it as this is the most efficient way to do, you know, anything, you know? I think, I think they build it as, 
hey, you can now, you know, check out Disney as you're flying above it on the right. gondola. Yeah, but, and I think I think that's awesome. But I don't think everyone's going. I don't. I don't expect the gondola to stop during load and unload, because most most gondolas that I've seen anyway, they attach and detach the cars from the main cable as they go to the load unload stations. Right? They're not all. They're not. You're not just. It's not just a car. It's not just. 15, 20, whatever the number is, cars attached to a single cable, and they're always attached to that cable, and it stop, go, stop, go, a la, you know, the amusement park uh, Ferris wheel, right? Right. Yeah. That, no, is, I that don't, is an I, example of that sort of system. I see it as it pulls you off, it detaches you from the wire, brings you around the big wheel, right? That they, in the simplest thing that I've ever seen, it's they bring you around that big wheel. They load you and then they retach you to the cable. And if there's if there's five of them backed up, well, they just attach you at a set, you know, uh, like launch protocol, you know, five, 10 seconds apart or whatever. It's actually a pretty short amount of time to get a pretty good distance between you on the cable. Yeah. So I know and I, I don't I don't expect the like whole that. system to stop, but I would think that if they were going to load and unload. Uh, you know, they could unclamp the car from the cable, load people, clamp it back. And, and if you do stop everyone with some schedule, you know, if you stop everyone for about the same time, you maintain a distance, uh, an equal distance. So either way, I, I would definitely not think the whole system's going to stop. But if you can load and unload in a timely manner, you wouldn't run into a problem where you would have backups. But... Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they do all that. And if you can input your destination at your at your starting uh at your starting stop. That be that would be cool. I I think that would be awesome, but I just that seems like a lot of infrastructure to put in for for something that at least at this point has five different locations you can go to. Yeah, and and while while I do say and I expect new stuff to be added. I'm sure there were a lot of people who said that when the monorail was launched. And we expect as new resorts come out, they'll all be at mm, <laughs> not so much. So let's hope that the Skyway continues to be added. The moral of the story is Brad and Jeremy know the Skyway is definitively coming. We know that these are the stops where it will start. Anything other than that is still conjecture other than they're going to be wrapping all of the Skyway vehicles, right? Right. Or at least what we've seen. So the the window will have uh, the the images that they showed were what classic. I will call them classic Minnie and Mickey, um, new school Mickey and Minnie, Donald and Goofy, and then the uh, hitchhiking ghosts from Haunted Mansion. And I'm sure there will be other things that you will see. So like when the other uh, vehicle is coming the other way and you see it pass you, you will see these things through the window rather than those other smelly guests who might be there. <laughs> it's basically monorail wraps. Yeah, yeah, monorail wraps for, for Skyway vehicles, but we do know those are coming. We do know the Skyway is coming, and Brad's going to Skyliner. say... Skyliner. Thank you. We're gonna, you're going to have to keep replaying. That is going to be your new job, is to keep saying Skyliner when Brad says Skyway. Uh <laughs> The other thing that we do know, or at least Brad thinks we do know, is that the prices are likely to go up at Pop Century and uh, Art of Animation when the new Skyway comes out. 
Probably. I could be totally wrong, but I wouldn't be surprised if I'm right. So. Speaking of transportation, we're going to have minivans to drive us around soon. Uh-huh. I've I've had my parents have had a minivan for many many years. So what's the big deal, man? This minivan's going to have polka dots on the side and have a big set of ears with a big bow on it. On the on the on the door there, yeah. So <laughs> mini is not M I N I. It's M I N N I E. Ha ha! We made a joke on the term. It's a little pun. The minivans. Uh, so these are some Chevy vehicles that are essentially going to be an Uber style of transportation. So red and white polka dot, it's going to have uh, the little mini. So basically the, the Mickey head logo with the bow on it uh, logo on the side. And I think right now the, the number that seems to be going around is $20 flat rate for anywhere on property to anywhere on property and right. Disney is billing this as a point to point transportation system. Uber for Walt Disney World. Yes, Uber for Walt Disney World. So, Jeremy, how much money are you saving for all of the mini <laughs> mini e mini e vans that you will be taking while on property? Well, if I don't get my room cleaned, I can at least get one. Hey, um. hey, there you go. <laughs> Dude, that would be awesome. Rather than, they don't even offer you a, a, a gift card. For every day, for every night that you are staying, we will offer you one mini E. And that's how I'm going to say it, because you got to have some way to differentiate. And it's hard <laughs> to differentiate on audio. One mini E van ride per day that you can take on us gratis. Wow. This is awesome. I, I think this is... A, a very smart idea and cute um uh if if people want to pay 20 bucks to get somewhere without having to ride the bus i can tell you that there are some nights uh late when i'm trying to get back to my hotel and there's standing room only on the bus that i would gladly pay 20 dollars to have my own air-conditioned car take me back to my hotel so so do you think uh, there would be any mini E vans available when, when at the end of the night when you wanted to go? I would hope so. I mean, I, I would hope, and since I can't do surge pricing, I guess, but I, I would hope that they, the fleet would be large enough that uh, there would be availability. And even if I had to wait 10 or 15 minutes, I mean, I'm going to wait at least that long for a bus. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. And also a minivan could take me you know a mini van could take me as close to my room as possible which does make a difference at a resort like coronado springs where some of those bus stops are like a 10 minute walk 15 minute walk from your door um and if a mini van could take me you know through the parking lot uh basically you know to the correct entrance to the hotel you know area as i could get that would be really nice especially when it's 11 you know midnight and i'm tired and i don't want to ride a bus and stand and and i think i think it's really smart and i think it's really nice that it's totally optional 
and it doesn't matter you know if if i don't ever want to use it i don't ever have to pay and that's great but if i want to and i i can if i'm if i want to have a nice date you know dinner with my wife we can get a car and not have to ride the bus and i think it's worth it i think it's nice so if you want to do this you should go ahead and book at boardwalk and yacht uh, because it will be starting there in late July 2017. Uh, of course, plan to expand to uh, WW Magic says more locations throughout Walt Disney World, though since it was announced at D23, I would assume at some point all locations in Walt Disney World uh, at some point. And they are using Chevy Traverse SUVs, um, which is funny to me because it's an SUV, not a Mini E. It's not a minivan for the <laughs> it's Mini It's not a e van, van at all. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but it, they they can't handle eight passengers uh, with three rows, so I think that is that is good. So that means you know that it, your ex, you know your larger family should still be able to fit in a single van. And at that point, maybe the twenty dollars doesn't seem cr- so crazy. Though for myself personally, I've used Uber while on Disney property, and I haven't paid anything like twenty dollars. I don't think. Um, and therein lies my question, which is, will Disney ban Uber and Lyft uh, because Uber is evil? Uh, go, go find that out somewhere else, okay? Uh, Uber, Uber is evil. But Uber and Lyft from property for the sake of their mini evans. Almost certainly. And what does this do? Because this is the, because again, I, I, my 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 poor long suffering wife Nancy, I ran all of these announcements past her, and I said the only way I can see this working is if they they ban Uber and Lyft from being there, or else they're going to get undercut because they don't charge twenty dollars to go from you know from a from a lot of locations to a lot of other locations. Nancy's question to me, and I think the valid question that you and I should both be discussing is, but what happens? When I need to go to Walmart, I'm at Port Orleans French Quarter, and and this is this is not a a possibility. This is a this happened to Brad, and this is what Brad had to do. Real story time. I'm at Port Orleans Riverside. My suitcase did not make the trip, apparently, according to my good friends at United, and I need clothes. So I'm going to have to head to Walmart right now. That just means Brad pulls open his phone, opens the app for Uber or Lyft or whatever, and gets a vehicle that comes and picks him up, takes him to Walmart, grabs stuff at Walmart. Vehicle takes you from Walmart right back to the, you know, to your resort. But if those are no longer allowed on Disney property, what am I to do? Because the mini E-Vans only trans are are reportedly only for Walt Disney World resort area transportation. There's car services. I mean there's cabs. There's plenty of other ways for you to get a car. I would doubt that they're gonna ban all types of car services. I would think that um Uber and Lyft are both kind of in the same uh you know they're they're more they're more competing with Uber and Lyft than they are with like Yellow Cab and stuff. And so I would I would think that you know if they're going to say no outside car services, period, end of story, blah, whatever, 
Um, that sucks. But most of the time, uh, when you hear about municipalities and, and stuff like that, banning Uber and Lyft, uh, they don't ban yellow cabs and stuff. And I know that's all lobbying and, and, and things like that, but I doubt that they would ban all different kinds of car services. So I, I don't think that would really be much of an issue. You just wouldn't be able to use the service that you maybe are familiar with. Yeah. And I won't be able to use my app, which I won't, I, I I'll be honest, I'm not going to be super a fan of, but at the same time, I don't know how they'll be competitive. As of right now, we have not heard any news involving Disney banning any uh, third parties, so we will we will see how this goes. But what we do know is many e-vans are now available. So we did find out that Toy Story Land is opening next summer, uh, which is way, way earlier than I thought. But they're not Be- doing that much. But it seemed like they were pulling resources from Toy Story Land to speed up um speed up star wars land but yeah but now they've committed to to disneyland's gonna open first so now now what we're gonna see is we're gonna see the swing of that which is they'll be pulling resources from star wars and they'll go okay we've got a hard date on toy story land this sucker's gotta be finished right we didn't get we got some new uh concept art but not a lot of news about it um other than it's opening next summer which is awesome Uh, that's gonna add a lot of a lot of value to uh, Hollywood Studios, and I'm looking forward to seeing it done. Yeah, they're pretty much saying that it will be exactly what everybody expects, which is you will have uh, the alien swirling saucers and the slinky dog dash. That's the two attractions. Of course, you will continue to have Midway Mania. They don't even announce that because it's not a new uh, attraction. And what they say that you will be shrunk down to the size of a toy, which I, I think we pretty much already knew, right? Yeah, there was some pretty, like, you know, the the concept art, I think when they talked about it originally, they said you'd be shrunk down to the size of a toy. And um, I think the the entrances into Toy Story Land are, I don't know how they're going to convey that you're being shrunk down, but um, they showed a lot of, kind of like in the, in the queue to Midway Mania, you know, the, the queue to Midway Mania really does a good job of, of making you feel like you're the size of a toy because not only is everything huge, but it's like, it's, it's so well designed, um, to make you feel small. So, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, cause there's some things where things because get bigger you, because and, you know, the size of these toys, right? And when those toys look so big, right. Your brain says, therefore I must be so small. Right, and so they do a really good job in that of making you feel like you're small. So, uh, I I think that that's going to be really cool and good. Yeah, and we we've seen that they're going to use toy play sets, uh, kind of as the facades, at least on the concept art for the uh, right. for the alien saucers and for Slinky Dog. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a facade again because I think we're, am I correct? We're both expecting that there's going there's going to be a new queue, new facade for Toy Story Midway Mania inside of Toy Story Land rather yeah. than inside oh, yeah. of Pixar Play. So when that happens, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a, a queue redesign that reflects this, uh, would, would you call that an art style? I don't know. You're the designery person. <laughs> the overarching design of the land. Yeah. Well, it's, it's um, I mean, the, the style is old toy. You know, it's it's old tin tin boxed toys, old uh, Lincoln logs. You know the the Slinky Dog 
the Slinky Dog facade they have is is the original one. Um, you know, so they're they're really hearkening back to I think the the fifties and the sixties era of of toys. And so yeah, I, I think definitely uh Midway Mania gets a facelift. Um probably looks more like a board game, I would think, than what it does now, which is like Tinker Toys. Um well, and I think I think aspects of the queue already already represent that, and the definitely I don't ex- definitely, I don't but the outside the, doesn't exactly exactly. I don't expect the attraction to to change at all. No, I expect no. the the queue to be different just because it's be, it's going to be coming in from a different area. I and hope hopefully they'll clean up all those places where people have marked all over the queue. Yeah, uh, I would expect them to just close up one side of the queue and bust a hole in the wall on the other side of it. Because oh, you're just, just going to be on the other side of a wall. And just kind of renegotiate the, yeah. the aspects of the queue. Ah, that could, I, that could That's what well I happen. would think. And then I just make a, new, make a new facade entrance into it. Um, I do... It, it wouldn't fit into, into Hollywood Studios, but I would really love to have some sort of, of a facsimile to uh, the Carnival Barker Mr. Potato mm, Head at mm. DCA. Absolutely, absolutely. That thing I would love is to amazing. That. Yeah, so... and it's even amazing when it breaks and and he tries to put his arm back in and his arm just <laughs> falls out of his hand. I mean, even when it breaks, it's hilarious. So i i could see I could see a change from the queue just because I have experienced that queue with people on scooters, and actually the uh, so two of the three so all except for the new track are not scooter accessible. Uh, the third one of the two tracks is accessible if you go through the exit, but the third track is completely accessible from scooters. Even so, the queue itself is not very uh, friendly to uh, scooters slash ECVs. So we may see some changes while they have an opportunity for stuff like that, or we may see them just bust through a wall. But yeah, either way, uh, don't expect a lot to happen because they've got to hit this summer 2018 mark they have set for themselves. And something new is going to happen, right? I think so. This this next uh, thing in the notes is another thing that I kind of missed. Uh, the new theater on Main Street. So what is that about? So our next note covers a new theater at Main Street where uh, location to be determined. I've heard some people say it's going to go in the location of the current theater. Um, though it looks ridiculously huge in comparison. Uh, apparently, it's going to be inspired by Kansas City's Willis Wood Theater, um, which is a theater from the 1920s, fits in with when Walt would have been in that area. So you can kind of see why they would uh, want to add that to Main Street. But the interesting part of the story to me is uh, that the Disney blog uh, press release slash post about it says, Across Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, we've been upping the game in entertainment with shows like Frozen Live at the Hyperion, which would be the theater over at Disney's California Adventure. And uh, Bob Chapek said, it's been a huge hit at Disneyland Resort. I'm sure many of you have seen it. This new theater at Walt Disney World continues that streak by bringing a new venue for world-class entertainment to the world's biggest park. So it sounds like... We're going to start getting some more, you know, we're either going to get Frozen Live or Aladdin. Uh, I'm hoping for <laughs> Aladdin um, at, at, at Magic Kingdom. 
I mean, that's. Uh, do you hear something different there? No, no, I, I, I think you're dead on. You know, because we, we, we already have Beauty and the Beast over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. We've got Finding Nemo over at Animal Kingdom. Uh, what am I missing? Anything over at Epcot? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, so, so yeah, Magic Kingdom is getting some sort of theater stage show type thing, and you know, we could see. We could see just a Frozen. I honestly don't expect Aladdin. Uh, we could see a Frozen live <laughs> over at Magic Kingdom, or we could see something you know more like uh, Tokyo Disneyland has a lot of different shows. And you know, Aladdin had a really long life over at the Hyperion, and I loved Aladdin, and I saw it multiple times, and I loved it multiple times. And be thanks to the genies in that show, I appreciated getting to see it multiple times. But we could see something with a little bit quicker turnaround on the show, uh, you know, where it gets updated a little bit more often. And I could also be really excited to see something like that. But I, I like the aspect of shows as well as attractions at Walt Disney World Resort. So I'm happy to hear that there's going to be another, uh, another place for those things to happen. Yeah, me too. I hope it looks a little more subtle than this photo because it looks kind of crazy. Yes, in the photo, it definitely looks like, here is a theater. Yeah. And here's the rest of Main Street USA. Right. But here is the theater. <laughs> it, it, it seems very overbearing, but I will say that the concept art doesn't show any other buildings um, definitively around it. Right. Because to the, you know, right there to the left of that, that's a gate for a side road or something. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it will fit into the overall aesthetic of Main Street USA. Uh but assuming that it does that, I I'm I'm waiting to hear what's what's going to come out of it. But we do we at least now know that they are building it and something will come out of it. So And finally, the last thing on our list. Yay! Everyone's going, wow, I don't have to listen to this <laughs> anymore. I've charged my battery three times and now we're to the last thing. Paradise Pier at Disney's Disney California Adventure is becoming Pixar Pier permanently. Um, there was initially some speculation that this would be like a summer overlay, but this is a permanent change. So I guess like California Screamin' is going to get a Pixar overlay. Um, Mickey's Fun Wheel will become Woody's Fun Wheel, uh, something like that. But uh, they're apparently expanding. Pixar's uh, DCA influence to Paradise Pier as well. Yeah, this was a really weird announcement to me, and mostly for for the reasons that you just described, which are California Screaming and Mickey's Fun Will, which I think are, you know, I mean, pretty significant aspects of Disney's California Adventure. And I'm like, those are over at the pier, so are you just going to completely rebrand those and they haven't actually said that they will but at the same they, time they have to though you can't yeah. have mickey's fun wheel at pixar pier yeah yeah oh i agree i agree absolutely and the uh the disney parks blog uh post on this says that it will include whimsical neighborhoods filled with your friends from the incredibles inside out and even more of your pals from toy story so uh are there going to be new attractions based on the Incredibles and Inside Out? Are we just going to see, dude, are we getting, is, 
Oh, wow. The people at Disneyland are going to... Guys, 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 guys. If you are on the West Coast, now is the time to get pumped. Because I know they stopped it over at Tomorrowland, but you guys may be getting... Brad, no. Don't say it. Don't even joke. We we have lost it. We have lost it. We have lost it. So it's got to go somewhere. And they, they get so much of our other stuff. They got our Main Street Electrical Parade... It's only fair that you guys also get the Incredibles dance party. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Because nothing feel nothing feels like the the pier like a dance party. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, like what oh, they said, Inside Out and the, the Incredibles. How else do you expect Inside Out and the Incredibles to show up over I at think Pixar C- Pier? California Screaming has a uh, launched start. So maybe that is Dash. Dash oh, is the Dash coaster. Yeah, Dash is roller coaster fun time. Maybe dude, they'll they'll add they'll add a Dash uh not audio animatronic, but almost sculpture to the back of each roller coaster vehicle and Dash will actually be the one that pushes the coaster to get it going. That would be dope. See I, would, see, I think that would be hilarious. That would be and, awesome. And Mickey's fun will will be the 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 wheel of emotions, and it turn turn turns. <laughs> I would bet money that that's going to be Woody's fun wheel, and it's just going to have a big old picture of Woody's head on the middle instead of Mickey. Okay, whichever whichever one it is, we do also know that uh, what they're doing the they are doing the limited time Pixar Fest experience that's going to go on with there and they're going to get fireworks uh and they will have the pixar play parade coming back they're also getting the paint that you know what i'm just throwing all this people who like disneyland go why do i why are you listening to this podcast i appreciate you for listening to this podcast because we don't give you guys nearly enough love jeremy said the one last thing and we're throwing everything that involves disneyland into this thing but they're also going to be moving the paint the night parade over to disney's california adventure because apparently they get to keep main street electrical and paint the night so that gives them two nighttime parades and jeremy could you do do you somehow remember how many nighttime parades are at walt disney world Uh, i believe that's zero brad (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so so that so that's coming over so Disney's California Adventure is getting some changes, though definitely the biggest one is Pixar Pier. And again, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying <laughs> not to not to just 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 not to lose it here and give give Walt Disney Imagineering a little bit of leeway to see where they're gonna go with this and see if they can make it work. But I'm like you, I just don't quite see how all this is going to go together, how this pier is going to be all Pixarified and make sense. But we will, I guess, see. Uh, did they actually give a date for that? I mean, I know the, the fest is 2018. I think they just said coming soon. Later, oh, no, no, no. Whatever. They said, no, according to the, sorry, I just looked at the Parks blog. Oh, really? He said 2018. Oh, wow. Okay. Boy, how Disney's going to be busy next year, man. That's right. If you're <laughs> if you're looking for a job in construction, call Disney cuz they got yeah. a lot going on. 
that's going to be happening really quick. <laughs> but yeah, so Pixar Pier is coming along with the uh, Pixar Play Parade, new fireworks, two nighttime parade spectaculars to Walt Disney World's <laughs> Zero, and Pixar Fest, all coming to Disneyland. And congratulations, Disneyland. It seems like in our, in our two-hour spectacular we we managed to give you guys a paltry like what was this ten minutes? God, we <laughs> but it was so a good unfair. strong ten minutes. It was it was. You guys got a bunch of cool stuff. Walt Disney World got a bunch of cool stuff. Disneyland Paris is getting a retheme of a of a hotel. They're yeah. they're getting a they're getting a Marvel hotel at their hotel New York. So they're getting a retheme. I don't remember hearing anything about Tokyo. I probably missed something there. And that gets us through all the D23 stuff. So wow. you guys, we won't have to talk about this for a month and you won't have to be listening to the tail end of this going, oh my gosh, why are they still talking about that? It's changed <laughs> 10 times from now. Now we can just talk about the changes straight up. I think that'll do it for this big, huge episode spectacular. You can follow us on Twitter at MTM Podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MTM Podcast. You can visit us on the web at missingthemouse.co. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And until then, have a magical day. Bye.